another glorious day in the neighborhood, ladies and gentlemen, and we're welcome you to your favorite podcast because we know it is TV. Ch- <laughs> TV channeling. I'm not even going to play around. I know you like it. I know it's your favorite. So, <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to another week. We're super excited to be here as always, as usual. I'm Tachi. And I'm Kevin. And apparently we have a really good uh, self uh, podcast, self-esteem. We're really, really good about ourselves. Well, if you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. Isn't yeah, that how the hell says? are you going to love anybody else? Exactly. In the words of RuPaul. I don't care. RuPaul, get an amen. <laughs> <laughs> can, can he get an amen <laughs> oh my god wow. all right well we are here with another episode of tv channeling and it's our continuing summer series the bad girls and boys of summer 2019 Yay! <laughs> all right and i do want to say something uh because uh, this okay. week we're going to be reviewing nosferatu uh it's actually that's how it's pronounced but it's actually spelled uh, N-O-S, the number four, the letter A, and the number two. So um, I want to say something about the whole idea because some people have asked me, like, Kevin, what are the bad girls of summer? What makes a girl bad? What makes a boy bad? Well, there are different kinds of bad girls and bad boys. Uh, there are people that are insanely sexy, that are kind of naughty, that are kind of edgy. And in this case, this week, we're telling the story of, uh, of uh, one of the, our bad girls who's really her bad is bad ass so, i was about to say the same thing yes <laughs> yes she's a badass girl of summer so let me tell you oh we're also going to do news but let's talk let's start with our review so we're reviewing nosferatu and um uh let me give you a little bit of background on the show uh 18 year old uh, uh vic mcqueen short for victoria or Vicky, uh, discovers she can cross an old covered bridge on her motorcycle and it will take her anywhere in the world where a lost thing is located. Meanwhile, a mysterious old man named Charlie Mannix uh, kidnaps a young boy, killing his parents and uh, seems to be draining the life force uh uh, from the child as they drive to a mysterious place called Christmas Land. All right, Tachi, what did you think of uh, AMC's Nosferatu? Well, first, methinks I want to put 20 minutes on the clock. Uh, not even 25. Okay, do you want 25? Yeah. Okay. God. <laughs> chop chop people so yes we've got 25 uh, minutes on the clock as you can hear that wonderful ticking sound I know, so such much music so much clock ears. blocking <laughs> and i love when it stops on you that's why uh, I, i'm like please stop on kevin please stop on <laughs> kevin <here." laughs> it's my favorite time of year it's the most wonderful time of the show and, uh, speak, speaking of christmas land yeah speaking of christmas land exactly so I I find it, it it was confusing initially. So if you're not reading any descriptions and you're not understanding, it seems to be flip-flopping back and forth between the various stories, which are tied together, obviously. I mean, obviously, when you have something like this, even though they're different different uh, plot lines, they're, they fit together. So I was confused at first. You've got this ma- magical warlock witch who reaches into a bag of of tiles for scrabble and gets clues and then you've got this uh old man 
who feeds on the souls of young children, actually. And then you've got this Vic, who is, I guess, going to become a young soul. So it it fits together, but it's confusing at first if you don't read. So it takes some time to to get into it. The other thing that I thought was that when I saw teens, I was like, oh, hell, teen <laughs> angst. And you know how I detest teen, teen angst. I think there's no need for it. How dare you be angry? What the hell else do you have to do but go to school? So I I was not going to be here for it at first. But I, I'll say it was not as angsty this first episode as I uh, thought it was going to be. Okay. Uh, speaking of reading issues, <laughs> you said not reading anything. I was unaware of the fact that this is not this uh is not an original idea. This particular show. Not only was it uh, initially a novel or a series of novels, uh, but there was also a series of comic books, uh, uh called uh, Welcome to Christmas Land, based on the same story. So this is the uh, television show version of it, and um, like Tachi was saying. So they, you have these seemingly unrelated uh, events. Um, you have uh, this uh, teenage girl who's kind of in a, what's interesting about Vic is she really is kind of caught between two worlds because um, she has like a very, very lower working class uh, parents that are in a very, very uh, unhealthy marriage. So shall, shall we say? And um, uh, and Vic is a very talented artist and she's very smart. She has a childhood friend who is very well off and um, and we see her kind of not feel at home with her kind of what they call townie friends uh, and then uh, the people that she knows that are uh, you know uh, that are more working class and then also when she goes to a, uh, a barbecue at the lake house of her friend she doesn't feel like she fits in with the kids there because the kids are sh- they, uh, uh, the question is asked what do your parents do and when she mentions her mother's uh, her mother cleans houses and her father does demolition the there's like laughter and like oh well we thought that you were smart um you're clearly smart so why we thought your parents would be smart too so in other words saying your parents are stupid because they're working class kind of thing and um so there's a whole lot of tension uh in her and her father keeps saying something to her which a parent should never say to their child but he says uh, keeps his mantra to her is never get married Never have children. So don't keep telling your kid over and over again. The worst thing you can do is have a child because they ruined everything. So um, it's it's kind of rough. And um, one of the things that's really interesting there uh, to me anyway was visually there is a, a point where he tells her to get on the back of his bike with him. And they go riding through their small New England town. And you really get a feel for the smallness of the town and how the father feels trapped in the town the daughter her biggest fear is being trapped in the town and um uh it's kind of interesting that they gave us a a kind of a, a long luxurious look at the town and a feel for it and i really kind of was getting the vibe of uh where they're all from you know, and it's interesting if you've ever, well, you're from LA, so <laughs> you, you don't really quite, I, I don't think you've ever quite had this um issue, but if, you know, you're from a small town, it, some people are fine 
being in a small town and that works for them. But then you have other people kind of like Vic, where they're too big for the town and their ideas are too big for the town. But there are always people and things that are trying to keep you down and hold you back in the town. Like her mother represents that. So, you know, she was like, yeah, I think I want, you know, such and such is going to college. Well, such and such as parents have money. Yeah, they do. And then she talked to her, her teacher, her art teacher. Well, he said, well, could I go? Do you think I could go to art school? Absolutely. And we'll get you set up in all of this. And then so she tells her mother, yeah, well, you're going to get into debt and you don't all want all that. You're too smart for all that. So I'm like, well, bloody hell, she can't get a break from. So that's representative of everything in society. When you come from a place that's constrained or inside the box and you try to, to, break out that's that everything in society that doesn't want you to break out that's what her mother represents yeah and her father is diametrically opposed and he keeps telling her uh you know don't listen to your mother don't listen to anybody you know you get out and <laughs> out of this quicksand of the town kind of thing and um the one thing i will say that's interesting about the show is with these different elements i feel like each one of them would have been interesting on their own i mean because to me Without any supernatural anything, I feel like Vic is a very interesting girl. I, I okay, you know how I feel about the random use of supernatural nonsense. <laughs> I, <laughs> as equally as I am opposed to teen angst, I am against the use of superfluous supernatural rubbish. I don't think that you really had to have anything. I mean, I, I can kind of see, but you may not have had to have this level of supernatural with the occult for it to work. In fact, I think the simpler, the better. That's just my thought process. Well, I want to make clear, we've only seen the first episode, so I don't know how it all... And the how... first episode was full of magic. Come yes, on. no, no but what I'm saying is, I don't know how it's all going to fit together and the, if the explanations that are to come, if they are to come, because, uh, A, Vic is a very interesting character, but one of the things that's interesting about uh, this, uh, what's his name, the Nosferatu, I think the the, the title character, uh, Charlie uh, Manx. Manx? Oh, Manx? It Manx? It's pronounced Manx? Okay, I was calling I him Manx. Think. Manx. It's M-A-N-X. Yeah, I'm saying Manx. Okay, let's say Manx. Um, is the fact that he seems to... There's something magical or something uh, cursed or whatever about this car. He has this uh, Rolls Royce, and um, he lures this boy. But the, the, the fact that he's even able to lure this boy, we see later in the show, he has a map in the glove compartment. And when he takes the map out... The map actually changes as he's looking at it. All of a sudden, he can uh, a new uh, location, a, a new t uh, a place will light up, and a new location will appear on the map. And I believe that's how he's able to find his victims. Because the child initially, in the very beginning of the episode, so it's not a huge spoiler because it happens in the first couple minutes, he wants to sleep with his mother, but his mother has a date. So there, hmm. uh, she she was that, one of the bad some girls date. of summer. She was having a good time, and so you know, of the kids like. But I feel like the only I feel like the only person I feel lonely. I feel like the only person in the world, and so I think that he seems to be able to. Or this map, there's some kind of thing that when a child is lonely or distressed or in a damaged kind of home, 
that he it's like a beacon that shines on this map and leads this man to these children and then he lures them into his car uh with this uh, uh with like all kinds of presents and this uh and like uh, like he has candy cane trail to lead these kids to these cars and um and so I think that we later we see when Vic, um, I think it has something to do with being distressed and being a child. Because at one point when Vic is, the first time she sees this bridge, um, she is under, she's distressed. Her parents were fighting and she gets on her motorcycle to try and just get away. And um, she's out in the middle of the woods and she sees this old covered bridge and she ends up drawing it. And her art teacher says, well, like, oh, that looks like the old bridge that uh, I had my first kiss on. I was so sad when they tore it down years ago. And so she's like, well, is there like another one? Like, no, there's not another one like it. And so why is she seeing this bridge? And when, when she goes into the bridge the first time, all of a sudden this uh, Charlie Manx, he all of a sudden gets some kind of twinge or something. Like what's going on? Like he can feel, so there's some kind of energy, there's some kind of connection between them, but which I'm hoping will be explained in detail in later episodes. But it definitely feels like it, there's some kind of tie. And when she goes into the bridge the second time and she discovers it can take her places, um, then she's also in distress. Her parents were fighting again and she uh, gets upset and she drives through the bridge. And at the end of the bridge, it takes her someplace uh, that the bridge shouldn't be able to take her. It takes her to another part of the town. She appears and, and so whenever something's lost... She seems to be able, the bridge will take her someplace that leads her to that thing, which is really kind of interesting. So, um, I'm, I'm curious about the supernatural element of it all and how it all ties together. But what I like about it is sometimes when a story just has supernatural elements in it, they feel like all we need to do to care about these people is the fact, care about the fact that they have supernatural powers. That's the end all and be all about them. But to me, Vic is just an interesting young girl. Um, one of the things that was really kind of uh, interesting about it, and I first I thought, and I made the assumption that I think Vic made, that this was just kind of a classism kind of thing. When she goes to this barbecue of her uh, wealthy friends who she lost contact with when they uh, as they were growing up, she uh, reconnects with her because her, her uh, mother cleans houses and she's over the summer she has Vic help her and so she goes to end up ends up cleaning the house of her childhood friend and they reconnect and she invites her to this barbecue when the mother sees uh Vic and she said she's happy her daughter invited her and as they're talking she goes you know um I just wanted to say uh there is a women's shelter uh downtown that i uh you know donate to and volunteer at and um if you're i try to talk to your mother but she was all business when she was cleaning the house i just want her to know and you to know that if you ever feel unsafe and Vic's like what do you mean if i ever feel unsafe we're perfectly safe thank you very much and then when we she leaves the party and then she goes to this uh uh motel where her parents are staying uh uh for the i think it's uh labor day weekend uh or memorial i can't if it was Memorial Day or Labor Day, but anyway, for uh, so to see the fireworks, so she goes there, and as she's uh, her father is singing, um, I forget what the name of the song was, um, oh, oh, uh, here comes the sun, mm-hmm. and it's a very beautiful moment. But as she's like has her arms around her mother, and her mother turns in the light of the bonfire, she sees the bruises on her mother's face. Mm. It, the moment was so beautiful and so disturbing. 
and so sad all at the same time and having her have the real because she i she clearly is a daddy's girl she's a yes. bad girl but she's a daddy's girl yes. <laughs> and and she totally identifies with him and the realization that her father is hitting her mother was rough yeah no absolutely that was that was rough and that was that was actually a well shot moment that scene was um the juxtaposition juxtaposition of here comes the sun against the forlornness of abuse and being in this situation is just and then you know it also kind of signals hmm she's right meaning the uh woman her childhood friend the woman that yeah her, the, the, the friend of her mother yeah that yeah. she was right that that was yeah because i misjudged her mother too she's like oh just because they're poor that that she's a, a abused spouse because her, her her husband's poor wow bitch but it was no she was right she, she was yeah right. she was right she was saying but you know on the on the the side of writing this I can see where it fits in, but do we always have to go to that stereotypical trope of because they're poor, they're going to there's going to be violence in in the home? So yeah. you know, I, I I wish they had done something different with that, so we don't see those same characters all the time. And you're like, oh well, of course they need to go to a shelter. So they were right in this case, but I'm like, I wish we could have done something else. Another thing is that this story, in terms of going back to Charlie Manx, is obviously not a new thing where you're feeding on the souls to maintain youth. There was a short story. It wasn't a short story. It was actually a novel, a teen novel that I read when I was like probably in sixth grade or seventh grade called The Changeover. And I don't remember the author, but uh, she was Australian, I believe. So she had, there was this guy who had a store that was like a kind of like a curious goods store. Remember in that show Friday the 13th that they had a curious goods shop? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like that. And he had this odd stamp. So what he would do was like if kids would come in, he would, you know, stamp their hand. It's like a little stamp with, you know, an odd thing. But that stamp is how he would suck the life out of them. So it was, and he would just get younger and younger and younger every time they would see him. And of course, the kids would get sicker and sicker, kind of like what's happening with this young, what is the young boy's name? um daniel. daniel daniel yes kind of like what what happens with with daniel so you know it's it, this is a story that we, we've heard before they're taking an interesting look at it but i still kind of feel like this is disjointed i hope that at some point the joints all start to come together but it feels like kind of wildly separate stories the only thing that's tying them is that you know there's that murder of the the mother Daniel's mother and the boyfriend and now Charlie Manx is going after old girl Vic <laughs> so yeah but basically his map is leading him to her like her like and that's another thing I need to say that when she goes through this bridge there seems to be a real physical toll it takes on her mm -hmm. it she like she collapses after the second time she's gone through the bridge so i don't know if it also if it's some kind of just like his car seems to have some kind of enchantment that helps him drain the life force out of these children is is there something about that bridge that's draining something out of uh uh out of vic and also um we need to talk about maggie you um maggie is this young girl also living in the same town um as vic 
And she seems to have some kind of uh, witch-like abilities. I don't know if they're going to turn out to both be witches, but they're definitely charmed, one might say. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) It's the power of two. (laughs) Anyway, so (laughs) Maggie um, has this velvet bag, and there was the first time we see her reach into it was a it was a gorgeous shot because I was like, what? She reaches into this bag, and and when she reaches in, it's like she reaches way in, and the bag is not that big, but her whole arm goes into this little bag, uh, and she's pulling out, and she can ask she asks the bag questions, and she shakes it, and she's like, you know, um, where is Daniel? And then she reaches in the bag, and she pulls out these like uh, uh Scrabble tiles. And and they spell things that basically give her clues and tell her things. And so it but it, it mentions like the name of the car. It's like I can't even pronounce the name of the it's like a Wrath or how do you pronounce the, the name of the uh, car? The Wraith? Wraith, yeah, the Wraith. Uh is a kind of Rolls Royce. And she doesn't know what that what does this mean? And and so I believe that the bag is gonna eventually lead her to Vic. Because they're gonna be the keys to um discovering what's happened to Daniel where he is. Yeah. So anyway, I I I I I found. I think we actually may beat the clock on this one. I, 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 in fact, let me just go ahead and beat the clock by asking you the question that I love to ask. I really wanted it to go off, but go ahead. <laughs> More time for news. All right, Tanchi. When it comes to AMC's Nosferatu, um, are you going to keep watching or oh, I'll go ahead and finish asking question. Or are you going to change the channel? Uh, well, go ahead and ask. No, no, I, no, I, mean, I went ahead and asked the question, but I was going to say, I, I forgot to mention the fact that Zachary Quinto is playing um, um, Mr. Minx, and um, he is, a lot of people may not, a lot of people may know him just from uh, him playing Spock in the reboot or reimagining yes, of Star Trek, yes. but if you go back, he plays very good evil. He was evil in the show Heroes, which was a huge uh, cult hit on NBC uh, several years ago, and also, he played one of the most disturbing characters on uh, on FX's uh oh god what is it called american horror story yeah asylum he was that was one of the scariest most disturbing seasons of that show ever and he he does good evil and he is very disturbing even underneath all the age makeup he's very disturbing and very creepy in this so i just wanted to mention zachary quinto is a big part of this show okay thank you so tachi are you going to keep watching nosferatu or are you going to change the channel Okay, so before I, I answer that, Nosferatu, obviously, I think we were talking about this. This, I think, is the license plate, right? Yes. Okay. And it doesn't, it, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention, but it wasn't abundantly clear that that was the, the license plate, or maybe I wasn't paying attention. But I was, I was like, Nosferatu, what the hell kind of cockamamie name is that? So <laughs> the name bothered me, you know, until I was like, okay, well, that's the license plate name. But it seemed, it still seemed a little bit off, although. That is the, it seems like he would have another name for the car rather than just the license plate because, you know, it's a Rolls. So you do special things for special cars and that random, uh, what's the name, unless that means something. And I, I guess we don't know that yet. Well, it's the, well, Nosferatu is a, uh, it's supposed to be, I believe, the very first vampire. 
Um, okay. That's the, 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 there was a movie called Nosferatu. I, I believe that he's supposed to be the first vampire, the oldest, the vampire, the vamp, the father of all vampires or something. I get it. Okay, thank you. So this is starting to make more sense now. So, okay, Nosferatu, I, I'm like, that's that random DMV generated plate. That's what you name. <laughs> Why won't you name your car something? But I get it. Okay, that makes sense now. Uh, two, the, his, age makeup bothered me to me it was not as pristine as it could be and having seen some wonderfully done age makeup and maybe that was the point you know because this is kind of like it's not reality obviously. Well, well i think i think the reason why is the idea that he was older than a person could actually ever live to be because he's in an, an immortal so i believe the reason why he looked he looked too old to be alive he looked like he was somebody that'd be like 140 is what he looked oh, like wow. when we initially see him and so even the kid at one point notices just like you don't look as old as you used to look you look different. Yeah, I know, and, and I noticed that too. I'm like, this 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 guy's getting younger. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so, so even even the kid's starting to, and he's the kid isn't feeling well. It's like, yeah, you're not gonna feel well, kid. So, um, anyway, so uh, that's so those are the kind of connections. So he is an energy vampire. So he's not drinking the kid's blood, but there's it's some energy. way okay. he's he's sucking the the life force out of these children. Okay, so the okay, so it's starting to the puzzle pieces are starting to come together. That said, I uh, I am interested to see whether or not they put this together in a way that's not as disjointed because to me right now it feels disjointed and I'm not compelled to want to watch further. But if again, it's one of those things if somebody is watching, I will watch it, but I do want to see what becomes of them. So I'm interested to see what becomes of Vic, how she's tied, how um, Scrabble Girl Scrabble Girl Witch ends up getting with her. Yeah, Maggie. Yeah, Maggie, Scrabble Girl Witch. <laughs> how how that ends up working. So I am interested in what the characters, characters are doing because I do agree. Vic is a very interesting character on her own. And I don't think you had to have all these shenanigans in order to have a story. It could have just been about her and the other things that go around the little boy i don't think we need necessarily um he's like a so just like that her his mother was well, is clearly not needed because she's gone so <laughs> oh, well that's rough so well, go ahead. <laughs> so i i okay so my final word is i do want to see what happens to the characters and um but i don't i'm not really compelled to watch further and you sir all right. Well, uh, we're wow. We're having a very different view of this. I was insanely sucked in. I'm surprised by how much I'm committed to this show already. Um, it's a ten episode season, and one thing I do want to mention: uh, uh, it's airing on AMC, but you can use the AMC app or go to AMC.com, and you can actually binge the whole season which Yay. is great so there's no you don't have to wait around for it to be doled out every sunday night um uh ashley i believe her first name is pronounced ashley spelled crazy ashley cummings is the actress who plays vic i am all about her i'm so glad that she's one of our bad girls of summer because she's one of our badass girls of summer yes. and also i really liked the casting of the uh actress who plays Maggie um uh Jakara Smith she's a girl of color and even normally when you see small town america everybody is small town means white and white only so i love the fact that vic's friend uh, talk about you talk about doing something different even though vic is working class and they they have the whole spousal abuse thing her 
wealthy friend happens to be black mm-hmm. um uh who's living on the right side of the tracks so i thought that was interesting uh casting as well um i love these characters the 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 two main girls but especially vic i'm really curious about how this whole scrabble thing even came into being the maggie has actually helped in other cases she has somebody who she's related to that works at the uh, uh as a police officer and she has apparently helped in other past cases and she's not being listened to about the little boy daniel who she actually babysat or something so she is determined to find this child and um how it's all going to shake out i have no idea i wasn't even aware that it was a it was a series of books or a series of comic books but just in the first episode it was an hour plus long with commercials um i'm sucked in i'm sucked in so i definitely will continue watching nosferatu wow well let me know how that goes because <laughs> <laughs> oh ouch <laughs> no, no, I, I do I do like the characters. I will say that. I'm just not a fan of the way the story is now, but it's the first episode. We'll see. All right. Well, I okay. guess we're moving on to news. Yes. Nose. So, Tanji, what, news was going, <laughs> what was going on in the world of entertainment this week? Oh, wow. There's, a, there's always a lot going on in the world of entertainment. So this is something that is uh, very troubling. In fact, the series by Ava DuVernay on Netflix called When They See Us is so troubling and so important. In fact, LeVar Burton said that this is uh, a story just as important as Roots. And you know how important Roots was to uh, African-American history and American history in terms of being shown on media. So if he's saying that, that's a big deal. But I can't bring myself to watch it because just the sheer trauma I, I can't. So I did, however, watch the documentary by Ken and Sarah Burns called the Central Park Five. That was annoying and upsetting enough, which is why I knew I couldn't do the series. So if you know anything about the Central Park Park Five case, these five I can't even say young men, they were children between the ages of 14 and 16, were wrongfully accused and convicted of raping and murdering a a white jaw. No, she wait. She wasn't murdered. I don't think she. She was. Cause the, I thought the issue. No, was she, she was, was left for dead. But that's basically yeah, but, yeah, considered she, cause, murder. Because one of the things was that she was hit in the head with some kind of rock or whatever, and so she has no. She had no memory of the incident, so she couldn't identify her attackers or anything. I think that was a key part of the whole case and how they were able. What they were able to do with these boys is because she had. She was not a witness to her own. You know, rape. Right. So I didn't mean to say murder. Left for dead. <laughs> they, they, they they basically left her for dead. So yes, absolutely. So the the big thing is these five young men between the ages of fourteen and sixteen were were not guilty, and they just were able to do what they wanted with them to close this case. The person who currently lives in the White House was involved because he took out an eighty five thousand dollar ad, and I don't remember if it was the Post or the I don't think it was the Times, but like a full page ad uh, bringing back the death penalty and everything. So there was really an assault on black childhood with this. And one of the biggest perpetrators with this was the persecutor, well, persecutor and prosecutor in the case, Linda Fairstein. And she, since she was the head of the New York uh, office of, um, because she, the prosecution office or whatever it's called from, uh, when was it? Like the 80s through 2002? Yeah, so the early 80s to 2002. And she's 
enjoyed a lot of success. In fact, she was, uh, after she re- retired or left the DA's office, she was a uh, successful novelist, crime novelist, based off of, you know, probably some of the things she went through. She graduated from Vassar College. She was on the board for Vassar College. She was on the board for all these. So she had a lot of accolades, knowing which that she had done all these things. And I am injecting my my bias here. So just a little, just a little. Well, and I don't give a damn because whatever befalls <laughs> her, she absolutely deserves. She she needs to lose everything. I don't think she understands the gravity of what she's done. In terms oh, well, of the crazy to- thing about her, to, what bothers me about her, honestly, is the fact that, and not just her, there are other people who still believe that those kids were now, they're now adult men, that they are guilty, even though they were since exonerated by DNA evidence, because DNA they turned evidence. out they, they had and their, there and was- a, uh, um, the, uh, the person who perpetrated the crime admitted it. Yeah, that they had nothing to do with it. But what was so crazy to me is that she's still saying, even though there there was none of their semen or any of their DNA there, that they were there along with this man. So basically, they they they're, they're, she's claiming these these this men, this man who was a known criminal who that we now know raped and uh, and and uh, assaulted this woman and left her for dead. That he also met up with these boys and they all raped her, but for some reason only his DNA was on her body. Is ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous that just only his dna remained and so you're claiming that all all these these children raped her along with this strange man but only his dna survived is is absolutely ridiculous why can't you at least admit when admit when you're wrong oh no that that, that's the that's that's the big thing like you're saying she she cannot admit when she's when she's wrong and so you're just digging yourself bigger deeper and deeper into a hole maybe Probably not, but somebody may have taken a little bit of mercy if you had said we handled this badly, we bungled it, we admit no. You keep going, you think she's okay, regardless of the fact. So you continue to demonize these young men who had already be, been demonized for so long. I mean, it, one of them, um, last name Wise, couldn't get a job after he got out, you know, but before they sued the city for $41 million, uh, or settled, they settled for $41 million. So couldn't find a job. It was only Reverend Al Sharpton who gave him a job and had him work in the office. The only reason he was able to work. So she tore up families with this. You're fine because you're writing nonsense crime novels. So again, whatever befalls you, you deserve, you deserve everything taken away from you. How bloody dare you? So here's the thing. I guess there's some people who think she deserves stuff taken away because she, after the the petitions and all sorts of things, so she's resigned from the board of um, trustees of Vassar. She's resigned from, I think, a couple of other boards she's on. And the biggest thing, her longtime publisher, which is part of Penguin Books, has dropped her. So good. That's one cool penguin. Yeah, I I knew I liked those bird mammals. I knew I liked them. So, you know, my thing is like, I'm waiting for all the rest of of that because you can't get, imagine spending time in prison for what you get. And you will never get over the trauma of that. Forget about the fact that you're just in prison. The things that happen in prison. Oh, absolutely. How you have to have the survival of the fittest. You can never get that time back. Yeah, their their childhood was stolen from them. What what was done to, and also in the media, because there there was even a term that they were giving it. They called it wilding. This idea that these yes. that these wild these wild animal like children are just uh, of of that are you know black and brown children are are just running wild and attacking white women. 
Department uh, in Central Park. Uh, the media had an absolute field day with it, and um, yeah, and the and the person who currently resides in since uh, Pennsylvania Avenue has also what a shock has not apologized even after they were found not guilty um, uh, with evidence that should have been looked at. I guess they didn't have DNA technology uh, when this whole thing uh, uh, first happened, but still. The idea that people can't ever admit that they're wrong. Um, it, I wouldn't be happy. I'm not claiming I'd like to be like, yes, I was wrong. But no, when you send children to prison and, and it wasn't. And, and basically this whole idea of keeping children away from their parents, having no legal representation, berating them, keeping them for hours, keeping them awake for 24 hours, badgering a basically we've learned uh, that you can get anybody confess for anything if you hold them long enough and you give them no food, and no water and you tell them if you just say yes then you can have food and water and we'll let you see your parents then you can get a child to say yes and even adults to say yes to anything so the idea that they got them all to confess meant zero it meant nothing they were they you got them to confess under duress without any kind of legal representation without seeing their parents or anything they just pulled some kids off the street that happened to be black and brown and see here's the thing we know their children their mothers knew they were children at the time our communities knew they were children, but to them and to larger society, they don't see black and brown children as children. They see them as small brown and black adults, and thus they can do whatever and treat them like adults because they're not really children. The only people afforded childhood in this country are unfortunately non-melanated kids. And I wish I wish that knowing we were going to discuss this, I wish I had, there was a study I saw recently that showed where they they showed pictures of children of different ages uh, to people and um, when white people looked at images of uh, black and brown children they consistently made the age them up they all they would see a picture of a girl that was 12 and she would be 17 in in their eyes and so on and it was really disturbing uh, to see that this phenomenon happened over and over again, um, uh, they they the same thing with as far as in girls is seeing them as being more sexual, um, seeing a twelve year old black girl or a fourteen year old black girl as being uh, sexual and being a woman, and the way they see them differently than seeing a twelve year old white girl would be considered a girl versus you know they see the twelve year old black girl and see her as a woman. Wow, and people wonder why people of color are angry. Anyway. I'm like, this is just, this is just a, a, a terrible thing altogether. This has been talked about and this case is 30 years old at this point. And, you know, it's like the good, the thing is it was Ava. So thank you to Ava DuVernay for taking interest in this and dramatizing it because so many people have seen it on Netflix. Thank you to Netflix for taking a chance on it. I mean, you're only doing what you should do, putting out, you know, good content and it helps that it's Ava DuVernay, but this story is something that's too important. So I hope that this is not just forgotten that now when the next Netflix, Netflix thing comes up that we don't forget about it. Now, so, is it a movie or is it a series? It's a series. Wow. Cause that's one that you said, you mentioned how you, I feel the exact same way you, I know this story. I know it. I've seen news reports on it. And I watched like a, I think 2020 did one of those true crime things on it. 
years ago that I watched. That was so upsetting. I could not watch a dramatized version of this where we go deeper into what happened and the abuse the children suffered in prison. I can't. This is such a disturbing, disgusting story. And what makes it even more disgusting is even now that we know all the facts, the fact that people still won't admit that they made a mistake. And if if they could at least do that, then maybe we can have some kind of hope in the future that the next kids won't be Im- just immediately locked up or immediately looked at as animals. Uh, and uh, we might take some time, take a breath and uh, make not make assumptions and, you know, and have people tried fairly and not have a media rush and, and the prosecution and the police rush to judgment to just lock anybody up for Absolutely. such a because it was a heinous crime that happened to this woman there's no denying it Absolutely. but, but, the, but the, the rush to just lock up somebody anybody anybody brown is just very disturbing and if, unless we can admit as a society that we dropped the ball we made a mistake then how can we stop the, that mistake from happening all over again well okay really quickly what happens with with these types of things in any cases is that black and brown people are automatically expected to forgive and turn the other cheek so that absolves them of any responsibility of wrongdoing of even the need to apologize we are expected because of things like religion and and societal pressure to just like forgive and move on turn the other cheek pray for them and things like that but that's how they get off and get over every time and I think that uh, honestly uh, com- uh, our communities are tired of it and when I say our communities I think as a whole communities are just tired of it so it's like no you're not going to get, get forgiven and whatever this time so the w- one thing I was watching a sh- uh, this morning actually in fact it was on CNN they were talking about it and they talked to a a law and attorney and I read an article uh, about this in the root and one thing they were saying is um well in the root that the only thing that's going to really do anything is being disbarred that she needs to be disbarred even though she's retired you know you're still a member of the bar New York bar I think she needs to be disbarred it's really difficult to bounce back after all of this. She's since deleted all her social media and I tried to go. And of course at this page no longer exists. So she's deleted all her social media. So she knows she's wrong in this because if you knew you did something right, you would stay and fight, but you cowardly witch took down all your social media and you're quiet. And, you know, actually said to the new, oh, well, my office sent everything to, you know, Ava DuVernay and we never heard anything back. And Ava's like, you tried to tell us that you wanted to approve the script and everything. And she said, Ava said, you know, you know what the answer, my answer was to that. So we never talked. Hell no, you're not going to try and twist the story and approve the script. You know what? How about this is out now? And it's been out and it it didn't just start here. She's been, uh, there was a petition uh, some years back uh, for her to resign for something. There was pressure there. So there's this mounting pressure. How about you let weight off your shoulders, apologize to this young man, apologize to the city of New York and the citizens of New York for being a uh, piss poor public defender or prosecutor or whatever the hell you called yourself and then go and pray somewhere because I, I you just deserve no sympathy nothing you you just need to shut up don't speak out don't defend yourself you're you're done 
well, you I deserve hope, to lose everything. I hope that some of these like innocent projects and those kinds of groups, um, even even Kim Kardashian, if you're listening, a long time long time fan of the show, that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that they they open up all of her case files and look yes. at all these other cases that she was involved in because it's it was clear the the miscarriage of justice that took place, the hiding of evidence, uh, the coercion uh, to get uh, to get these children to confess. That um, that doesn't just happen in a vacuum. That doesn't just happen once. No, and it so, wasn't just her. You know, you need yeah, a no, lot no, of no, collaboration. No, no, that's one. Another thing that I hate to say about this is because I believe because she's a woman, she's become the face and the scapegoat for this. But this is a whole system in place that made this possible. So the idea that she she wasn't the one that was holding those kids uh, without food and water by on her own. Um, to coerce those uh, uh confessions out of them. So, what about those other people? Did they have to take their social media down? My guess is no. So, um, so yeah, there need to be other people needs to uh, need, uh need, we need to look at the other people that have been uh that may have been railroaded in the same exact way. Uh, open up these case files and look at them and um, and find some justice too. for other people. She needs prison time. You don't deserve to be out. If you don't know how to handle the power that you've gotten and you've misused it to, and, and you've taken away people's lives, they may not be dead, but you've taken away their lives to jail with you. Prison. Anyway. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but it took a very serious turn on it TV. It took a channel. serious turn. Exactly. And I knew this story was going to do it. But the point of the story is that she's lost the contract with her publisher and a whole bunch of other things as well. Oh, yeah, I'm going to after as soon as the show is done, I'm going out to buy some Penguin books. Yeah, I know. Thank you, Penguin, for doing the right thing. Penguin. And, and putting penguin, that. Penguin. 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 <laughs> and putting that chicken out to roost, idiot. Anyway. So. <laughs> let's move on to something else a little more. I don't know if it's pleasant, but it's interesting. AT&T's Warner Media Streaming Service is is about to come up and guess how much it's going to cost how much sex between 16 and 17 dollars a month i don't know who look when we're we're in the age of streaming right now right and over the top we're in the age of cud courting cud cord cord cutting cut cording <laughs> or cord cutting so we're in the age of cord cutting right now and there is so much competition that I don't understand why 16 to $17 is acceptable for them. It, it remains to be seen what happens with that. So they're going to launch a streaming video service in beta later this year. They're bundling it with HBO, Cinemax, and a library of Warner Brothers movies and TV. It's going to cost, as I said, between 16 and $17 a month and uh, a report by the Wall Street Journal, and this is also in The Verge, says that this is actually a strange pricing strategy at, for what I just mentioned. Everybody else is going to the lower end of the spectrum. So currently, HBO Go costs $14.99 a month. So at and service is basically that with the addition of Cinemax and likely a bunch of DC movies uh, for up to a couple of more bucks a month. So the Wall Street Journal also reported that the service is supposed to be fully up and running next March. And eventually they're going to introduce their own original programming as well, though they don't know how big it's going to be, how grand their ambitions are. Um, what say you? Cause I know I have a lot to say. About well, the, the, the surprising thing is, yeah. So it's, it's, in, so if you look at it is you're already paying, uh, people that already have HBO go, 
you're pay- if you are paying the $15 a month rate and so if, are they offering you by adding Cinemax and uh charging you what 17 so that's basically about two dollars 250 more than what you are currently paying i could see people thinking like well this is more content so i guess i'll 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 pay an extra 250 for if you're looking at it as the price that way there's also rumors that they may be bundling in the uh i think there's like a dc uh streaming service uh-huh. that has like yeah. DC uh comic book kinds yes. of shows. Yes. But that whole that whole streaming service may fold be folded into it as well. So if you fold in the if, if and only if you're folding in the DC uh universe shows, the originals like the 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 Young Justice and well that what's it called? The um teen titans the live action version teen titans that kind of thing um then that along with hbo and uh cinemax and other movie titles and and some originals then it might ultimately make sense right now i would not be one of the early adapters for this not even a long shot they need to have their own kind of standalone hit that they create before i would before i would be joining uh up with that bundle because the funny thing is they're trying to come out and be uh uh a competition for not only netflix but for disney play Disney Play is going to blow them out of the water. I was surprised at how aggressively priced Disney Play is going to be, being well under $10. Um, I thought Disney Play was going to try and be a similar price to Netflix, even though they're not offering anywhere near as uh, much content as Netflix. But they are priced more aggressively, and I think a smart, uh, a, a much smarter pricing plan. Well- and Oh, what's I was going to say? I wonder if 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 uh, once it does come out, uh, Disney Play, if they since they own the majority share of Hulu, if they do a bundle thing where they throw Hulu in for, to the mix as well, I think that they're going to be unstoppable. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen with this Warner Brothers thing. Well, I think that when we're talking about Disney, Fox slash all of that, this is a company that has um, a little bit of change. They have a few coins, right? So they're able to, in my my thought process, subsidize the price of an over-the-top network better than anybody else is in a position to, even Netflix, okay? Even though Netflix has been doing this longer and they've generated revenue, they don't have nearly the history that Disney has and nearly the properties that Disney plus Fox have. So I I think the reason it's so low right now is number one, they're trying to grow, you know, get people in, but number two, they have the money to subsidize so that it can be, what is it? Five ninety nine, six ninety, whatever it's going to be. They have the money to subsidize to do that for the same reason, like uh, CBS, they're a huge company. CBS is able to have their nonsense, excuse me, their CBS all access for what is it? Five ninety nine a month. Yeah, but but it also uh, it ha- it has commercials, so it's not even commercial free. I do want to say one thing right, about CBS right, All right. Access that that's uh, that's going on this summer that really annoyed me. I don't know if you heard this touch, but they announced that the 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 first season of The Good Fight will be airing on regular over the air CBS. Yes, I heard this uh, because I think that what's happened is that they haven't gotten quite the excitement that they thought they were going to get from CBS All Access. And what's like I said before on this show, and I'll continue to say it until somebody in power hears me, is the idea that all the shows that CBS has on regular over the air CBS like Hawaii 50 and uh, the 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 reimagining of that the reimagining of of uh MacGyver the reimagining of uh uh what's it uh, Magnum PI that kind of crap they put on over the air 
the two sh- two of their flagship shows that launched with CBS All Access that star women and women of color, uh, the, the 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 Star Trek Discovery as well as the Good Fight, those are all behind a paywall. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to see some lukewarm, warmed over old shows starring new white guys then you can see that on regular CBS. But if you want to see uh, uh, women of a certain age, women of color um, uh, that are badass, uh, not just, they're bad girls during the summer, winter, spring, summer, and fall. But anyway, they, you have to, they're behind a paywall. So it really bothers me that they're going to put this out there and it's just to what people's appetite. It's like, oh, we're going to be the first season. But, oh, you want to see season two and season three? Pay us and you can see more of it. That's all this is. It, it is. Well, that's what they get. I don't know why they thought that CBS All Access was going to be wildly successful when you really only have, what, three or four original properties. Well, they're, at, they're adding more original properties. They're adding there's going to be more Star Trek, Star Trek shows. We're going to have Picard. Uh, but Picard is that, is that enough to warrant me doing, you know, paying for that now? They're coming, but you're not here now. So, oh, I agree. you know, I my agree. thing is like, okay, I'll wait and see before I do that because there's nothing else I'm interested in on regular CBS. Ooh, reruns of the prices right i don't care so <laughs> i'm like i think they grossly overestimated the the interest that the public would have in this when you have so many other choices that's the thing you're not the only game in town and there are so many other choices so i don't know i think that was an ill move but. oh it was it was definitely a, a bad move and what bothers me about it the most again is the idea that the shows that they do have on cbs all access which are those shows the few shows they have there are some very good shows uh the good fight is incredible as well as uh star trek discovery is incredible and i'm sh- i'm looking forward to picard but would i pay for that service month month to month year in year out hells no they release the uh the, the shows come out on a, on a weekly basis they give you half the season then they pause for three or four months just to give you a rest because you can't handle watching 12 episodes all at once so they make you wait and then they do off the other half of the season so wait for the whole they just finished the the second season of star trek discovery just ended uh they're gonna have the third season of the good fight once the season ends and once like Picard ends, that's when you join for a glorious month. Fine. Take my six dollars and I will watch all of the I'll get caught up on all the good fight and I'll get caught up on all Star Trek Discovery and I'll watch Picard. And once I'm done binging for that glorious month, I will drop you like a hot rock and I'll see you next year when you give me a new se- a season of the, all the other shows and I'll watch them one more time. So they will they will get six dollars from me once a year. Yes, and I'm glad that you brought that up because we weren't even talking about CBS Access, but I'm glad that you uh, brought that up and got that off your chest. Well, you you did kind of open the door with talking about the Warner uh, streaming service, and uh, so we're talking about streaming services. Thank you very much. Fair enough. And you, cord well, you, cutting. Well, you could, you can wait to... I, thought, I can't wait to <laughs> You couldn't wait. So let's talk about the pricing on this. So, of course, this is between $16 and $17. I wouldn't be surprised if they said $17.99. And we're talking about Hulu being $11.99, Netflix being $12.99. Also, Disney Plus is going is announced at $6.99 a month. So just add, we're talking about $12, $13, and $7. And then Amazon Prime Video, which works out to be about $10 a month. It's a little more than that. And the other thing is you get free shipping because of Prime. So they're priced well above that. I, I, I don't know about that pricing strategy. 
Oh, I, I think it's clearly a mistake. It's clearly a, they don't they don't think they uh, they're thinking even the 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 crown jewel they have is HBO. That's the Trump card they have. But the problem with that is H, their biggest the jewel in the crown of HBO is over with. Uh, Game of Thrones came to an end, and to me, at this point, we're getting to the uh, we're getting close to the time when HBO is something like these other services that are only good to have a certain time of year. You might have it for a month or two to watch a certain season, a certain show. What's uh, what's starting up uh right now on hbo is big little lies uh season two and they've added uh they've added meryl streep to the cast i can't wait for it but after that show's over with there's going to be like a lot of downtime when there's no reason for me to have hbo absolutely well let's move on speaking of something that could possibly be a mistake punky brewster is, ha- is going to have a sequel. It's in the works now. So if you remember, I used to watch Punky Brewster when I was little. Did you? Uh, yeah, what, what's what's funny to me, I, I know Punky Brewster, but th- that show, I, I can't, I, I am so baffled <laughs> by the idea of this being brought back. Like, <laughs> why? why? What? The show was about a little orphan girl that wore, like, rainbow stuff, and a kindly old man meets her, and he takes her in, and she has a little friend that lives in the same apartment complex who's black, who's being raised by her grandmother, and they're friends. The show was on for, like, what, two seasons? And then ended. Actually, it was but, on for four, I believe. Was it on for four? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. But anyway, but the point is, I don't understand what was so unique about the character Punky Brewster that we're gonna like. Well, I, I have never. I don't know if anybody other than the Soleil Moonfry, the actress who played her, who's been sitting around thinking, I wonder what ever happened to Punky Brewster. Mm-mm. Where is she now? Well, Where's you know what? She's to? been. She was on Sabrina the Teenage, which she was um like. No, no, no. I'm talking about the character. Oh, the character Punky. The character. Brewster. I'm, I'm yeah, saying who who has been racking their brains, wishing they could catch up with Punky Brewster. No, nobody. No. No, you know, this is different from a That's So Raven, remember, where she was in high school and had all these powers, well, and now it, it's Raven's house. That makes sense. Yes, but, but Punky, there was nothing, if, if you have some kind of magical or some kind of component or something made the character particularly interesting, there was nothing particularly life-changing about Punky Brewster that an adult, like, what is she up to now? Is she, is she wearing rainbow-colored stuff still? I just, I can't, I don't understand what the purpose of this even is. I was stunned when I saw it. I was like, am I on a, am I high? Because I don't understand what, why is this a thing? <laughs> anyway, so it was a 1980s sitcom for those of you that are millennials or may just not know it or maybe were too old to be watching it. Uh, it was about a young girl, like you said, that was raised by a foster parent. So Universal Content Productions is reprising it with the original star Soleil Moonfry. She's set to be the title character. Why? No network is attached yet? Not surprised. The TV sequel is being written and executive produced by Steve and Jim Armageda. I hope that's from School of Rock and Grounded for Life. So this is what it seems like, that they're trying to get a dream team in place to make this work and to make this happen. So... um yeah, the original Punky Brewster ran for four seasons on NBC and got three Emmy nominations, uh, including a pair for Outstanding Children's Programming. Did I, Okay, I'm not trying to be funny, because I did watch it when I was little, but I don't remember learning anything. Were there lessons? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to say it was a terrible show. I just, I no, really I, remember. I, I, I think it had those kinds of life less lessons like, you know, don't take candy from strangers kind of thing. See, or... and I don't remember that at all. But, you know... If you ask me about different strokes, it's a very special different stroke. I remember stuff yeah, they like ha- that. I think they had some very special 
episodes of that Punky, of, Brewster. Uh, Punky Brewster as well. And I, I, think the, I don't remember. And she, I, I think it aired like at seven o'clock at night. So yes. it, was, it didn't air like in the, in regular prime time. So anyway, I don't. I'm. I mean, more. I, I'm happy for Soleil Moon Fry. Good big ups to you. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I still, I can't for the life of me figure out what the hell this show is going to be about. As a what a, a grown up Punky Brewster would be a, about. So yeah. thank you good luck yeah yeah we i mean really i do i really do wish you know the best for people because the acting game is hard and you're trying to get back in sweetie i just don't think punky brewster reprise is the way to get in but you know i hope it goes well i could we could be totally wrong well, you know, if they're going to reboot any kind of thing like that, it's like, give, where's the Blossom reboot? Where's the... Uh, okay, I would be here for a Blossom somebody, reboot. <laughs> uh, uh, that, that would actually make more sense to yes. have a grown-up Blossom and her... And to me, how I could see... that was I can actually write that one right now, the pilot. Uh, Blossom is basically just gotten a divorce from her husband. Yes. And, uh, and her, 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 uh, her brother Joey, basically his wife just leaves her, uh, leaves him and he comes in with his troubled teen kids and they're all living in their, and the, and the house they grew up in, um, raising their, fa- their, uh, families together under one roof. That I could, that would work because that basically look, that's what the, look at how successful that stupid, um, I'm so, ooh, ooh that slipped out. Look at how, <laughs> <laughs> look at how successful. Well, uh, Fuller House was so. <laughs> why not? Why not do it again with a uh, with a uh, 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 still blossoming or whatever? You, see, I don't understand why they don't hire you still blossoming. That would be <laughs> awesome. That would be awesome. Bring back what six, seven, eight, whatever her name was. Was it seven, six? Yeah, six. Oh, yeah, six was her friend. Six. Yeah. 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 Bring her back. She still lives yeah, next door. Yeah, the, Joey, the Joey Lawrence is her brother. Yeah, it it it, it writes itself. And then oh, oh, six and Joey start dating in one episode. Oh my, yeah, that, they, they 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 yeah, it's uh, it writes itself, Tachi. <sighs> call us, call, call us. Uh, we have every answer for you. I know, but you <laughs> want to keep doing the same manufactured nonsense. All right. Anyway, congrats to Soleil Moon Fry. We'll see how that goes. Da Vinci Code. There's a prequel in the works. To be being developed at NBC. NBC. Mm. One thing I have to say about these prequels that bugs me when you when you ever you have like a drama kind of prequel where this is going to be a prequel of the character the character that Tom Hanks plays whose name I don't know, um and this is his early investigation. Langdon. He he plays Robert Langdon. Okay, so the, the I'm sure each week Robert Langdon will be in super danger and he'll be like escaping and, and cheating death each and every week, but it's not a very good cheat because we know he lives long enough to get into being the Da Vinci Code, so it's just like we're not going to be nervous for him each week when he's in danger he's not going anywhere and that's going to happen to him okay the problem is something like that okay i don't want to put this out there for it to fail but and network tv is not a place to do anything creative with this type of thing you know what i'm saying it's i mean it's barely a place for sitcoms anymore so this type of thing you need to have this on cable but to me, why is it even a prequel? To me, if anything, why not have the stories continue with another actor playing the same character after the events of the last Da Vinci Code I movie? I think so. I think so. Go I forward. Agree. Don't go. B- I don't need to see him as a t- as a troubled teen solving uh, 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 religious crimes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> is he going? Is he going to Catholic school and he's solving crimes? Anyway, I don't know. Does he befriend Encyclopedia Brown and and uh, Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys? Find out on the prequel. No, I need I need a postquel. Let's let's just follow. Let's have the story continue with a man who's the age that Tom Hanks was when the last movie was made, and then have it continue from there. Sheesh. Okay, uh, so yeah, po- I'm I'm calling it, I've coined a new for it's a postquel. It's a post school. I liked I liked that phrase. All right. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so anyway, I don't know. If if Tom Hanks isn't in it, I don't care. And honestly, I didn't even see I didn't see the real Da Vinci Code and Tom Hanks was in it. So I really absolutely (laughs) don't care. Uh, so uh, Daniel Sarone from The Blacklist and Dexter is set to write and executive produce this project, and it's received a production commitment from NBC. Ron Howard is also on board as EP. Okay, but you know, the thing is, you can't say, I hope the script is solid enough that I, I'm, I'm just doubtful about its home, but we'll see. Oh, NBC is where a lot of good shows go to die. But I mean, maybe if they're, if they're lucky enough to air like after something like uh, This Is Us or something, or maybe, ah. air, or maybe air after another one of my shows on uh, NBC of, uh, what's it called? Uh, New Amsterdam? New then Amsterdam. maybe it might, it might have a snowball's chance in hell, but chances are... Yeah, you Not might good. get that inheritance factor if you did it after This Is Us or or uh, New Amsterdam. But, you know, we'll see. Good luck to them. You know, let's just be nice. Good luck. Yeah, good luck in your future endeavors. <laughs> 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 Polly Perrette from NCIS, or formerly of NCIS, said she will never go back to NCIS because apparently she's terrified, her words, of former co-star Mark Harmon. Yeah, she says, no, I am not coming back ever. Stop asking. She wrote this on Twitter. For some reason, Twitter is the go-to platform of choice whenever you have to do anything official. So she tweeted this on Friday, early morning. She said, I'm terrified of Harmon and him attacking me. I have nightmares about it. I have a new show that is safe and happy. You'll love it. Wow. Oh, good. I didn't know. Th- I was wondering if she was going to have an- another project because she was such a big part of what made NCI such a the big thing it was. I'm glad that she's going to be on something else. I had no idea that that was why she left the show. I didn't either. I didn't when know. When she was going on her little tour but saying goodbye and all like I didn't hear. I don't remember her, her mentioning the fact that like, well, yeah, I was sexually assaulted by my co-star, which is why I'm leaving. She kept it on the DL, I guess, during that time. But now, because of me too, she is feeling free to say what she's how she feels. And I haven't heard any kind of statement from Mark Harmon or his people. Have you? Cause I haven't. I, I haven't. He seemed to be radio silence. Because if somebody, if a co-star, if, if all of a sudden, if you, if you all of a sudden, you you see a statement from Tati going like, I would never do TV channel with Kevin again because he assaulted me. I'm going to be making a statement very quickly. <laughs> You're like, no, I didn't assault anybody. It, so she, a few hours later, she tweeted a follow-up and it said this. You think I didn't expect blowback? You got me wrong. This happened to my crew member and I fought like hell to keep it from happening again, to protect my crew. And then I was physically assaulted for saying no and I lost my job. Whoa, oh, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, even so okay so it wasn't a, they made it seem as if she had chosen to leave okay so she did not choose to leave the show according to she her was no. shown the door wow it is all coming out so if you didn't know pirette was on ncis for 15 years and at the end of the at l- the end of last season 
amid the conflict with Mark Harmon over an onset incident involving a dog bite. I didn't know that it involved a dog bite. Okay. So she had also spoken out in the past, alluding to multiple physical assault on the set of this crime drama and reps for Harmon and CBS did not immediately return the reps request for comment. And they're not going to, they're not going to (laughs) (laughs) in a previous statement regarding Perez's dispute with Harmon. The network said it was quote committed to a safe work environment on all our shows. That is the, the, uh, line that they use for everything (laughs) yeah yeah tell that to the women on the on the show bull tell that to them how safe that work environment is over at cbs exactly the balls on you guys are amazing well anyway it makes it makes this makes so much more sense with this new uh information because one thing i was stunned when she announced that she was leaving uh ncis because when you are lucky enough to stumble onto a job on one of those procedurals where you know you're you're you put on a lab coat your your costume is a lab coat every week you put on some glasses and and they like you know like tachi we well what 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 was on the can i'm sorry there's no dna on it that's and then they give you like eighty thousand dollars a week to say that because it believe me because if somebody ever gave like kevin what's what was what what were the prints on the gloves i'm sorry there are no prints i'm so sorry you guys all right where's my check (laughs) every week (laughs) (laughs) i'm feeling you but i guess it was just too much It's too much. Uh, so she's going to return to work next season, co-starring on the multi-camera comedy Broke with Jane the Virgin alum, Virgin alum Jaime Camille. So, wow. Well, I, I, I honestly, unlike the other shows we mentioned earlier, I actually do wish her well. Yeah, <laughs> and I not a facetious that, wish you well. We actually, yeah, no, wish I, you well. I absolutely, I, I really feel bad for her, and I, I, if, if uh, all this is true, I hope that she succeeds uh, and um, and doesn't uh, isn't hurt by leaving uh, NCIS. Yes, yes. Good luck to you. All right, Jesse. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and by Jesse, we mean Jussie. <laughs> Jussie Smollett. Yes. There will be, there will, oh, oh, just a little warning. There will be no well wishing at the end of this. <laughs> I think I think they, the audience is well acquainted with your disdain for one <laughs> Jesse slash Jesse Smollett. So apparently there's been a lot of back and forth. And Kevin, you help me with this. So here's the latest word that Jesse Smollett will not return to Empire per Lee Daniels word. So he was responding Lee Daniels was responding to a variety report in which several multiple production sources said that Empire's writing staff was breaking ideas for the show's sixth and final season with the expectation that Smollett was going to appear in the back half of the 18-episode series. I think we, we talked about this before. Well, the, yeah, go ahead. Um, but this was the first public acknowledgement that He's not coming back for the final season. He was written out of the final episodes of the show's fifth season because of the backlash of the supposed fake the fake the yeah the fake hate, hate crime, crime. Mm-hmm. against him earlier this year in Chicago but the same production sources also note that tensions were ratcheted up or ratchet on set because of the show's uh, primarily black cast members who still believe that Smollett is innocent and the mostly white below the line crew, many of who believe Smollett is guilty. Lord, can we just, oh, wow. 
Go ahead, Kevin. <laughs> oh my God, swing low, sweet chariot. All right, <laughs> I just don't. I can't even. I can't. The idea that uh, I we we already knew publicly that Taraji P Henson, who played uh, the mother of Jesse Smollett on Empire, that she stood with him. Um, um, so I don't know how many other cast members are standing with him or believe him. Again, all of them, they're, they're family members of the people that believe Jesse Smollett. You need to get a conservatorship. Whoever, the same lawyer that's taking care of the whole thing with Brittany, um, <laughs> you need to get in there and get control of their money and make decisions for them because they are not cognitive thinkers. There's something is wrong if they can't see that this man is a liar. First of all, he's already costing them their show. Um, there was no way empire would have been canceled uh which it, it uh, theoretically is i mean if they're basically saying this is the, the next season is its final season this would not be happening if it weren't for this whole controversy and people boycotting the show because of it and if even the whiff of him coming back i thought that uh, uh lee daniels had announced a week or so ago that no jesse or jesse would not be in fact he's probably lying about that his, his name probably really is jesse anyway um <laughs> but, <laughs> that, whole just, that actually that you is a lie anyway um <laughs> so <laughs> but anyway so the idea that they would even let it be slipping out that he might be back is just you're gonna have even less people watching your final swan swan song it is just so irritating that anybody in that cast would be standing with him after with something so blatant so blatantly untrue the story just completely caved in on itself and the idea that there's still people hanging on when he's destroyed your show you people are absolute idiots well to to be fair as you like to say this show was it's time for it to end anyway so i think this was just a more expedient end for it and a reason for it to end i don't think that jesse is the only cause of the demise of empire you know they haven't had a a stellar season like when they first in the first few seasons of empire and so they Yeah but you know what to- it's like it, you know uh-uh I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you have that. Yes, was the show uh, damaged or limping? It's one thing if I have a sprained ankle and I'm kind of limping around, and then you shoot me. Like, well, Kevin was already hurt. His his ankle wasn't great when we shot him, so like, <laughs> you still kill me. <laughs> it's like the idea that I'm limping doesn't give you permission to shoot me, and so. But this the, is television, and it absolutely it, no, does give them permission. But no, when it comes to TV shows, especially soap opera things, one of the shows that uh, that had hills and valleys, which was a famous. A nighttime soap was uh, the Desperate Housewives. What would happen is when Mark Cherry, the creator of the show, was writing the show, the show was going on, uh, uh, firing on all cylinders, and it was doing great. But what happened because of that success, he get he got offered other opportunities, and he would leave to pursue those other things and hand the show over to someone else to run. And the moment he gave it to somebody else, they would ruin the show, and it start to go down. The stories would go down, the ratings would go down. ABC would call him back in. Mark Cherry would come back and get the show back on the right track. Everybody was loving the show again. It would do well. So just because the recently the ratings hadn't been as great for Empire, if this Jesse Smollett thing hadn't happened, they could have gotten some new writers and reinvigorated the show, maybe added a new character, reinvigorated the show, and it could have kept going for another five, six years, po- possibly. Mm. But I believe that they he put the final nail in their coffin with this BS and the people that started boycotting the show because of it. Well, that that could very well be true. 
I still say that <laughs> it was time for it to end anyway. And, you know, we honestly don't know what else they have in the mix. Fox hasn't um, on their plate or in the mix that could be a kind of replacement for that. Probably nothing as far as I know, but... Well, I really, I'd also, if I was, uh, I, I, if you, Jesse, when you go out walking around at, and uh, three o'clock in the morning to go buy a sandwich, I, I'd watch my back and make sure that someone like Queen Latifah and Brandy aren't behind you because you won't have to fake that hate crime. They know that their show star got canceled because of your, you and your shenanigans. So, all right, watch your back, <sighs> Jesse. All right, off. And you know, you know, Queen Latifah doesn't play. She will kick your ace. she will take you down (laughs) all right well let's talk what are we what are we going to talk about next canceled shows yeah well yeah there's yeah there's a couple of uh, shows that have been canceled so the red line on fox no uh, the red line was on cbs sorry on cbs your favorite the red line has come to a stop Executive producer Sunil Nayar confirmed at the ATX TV Festival on Friday that the limited series has been canceled. Oh, it was limited, all right. <laughs> it was very limited. <laughs> so, so if you didn't know, it starred ER vet Noah Weil as a high school history teacher mourning the death of his husband, an African-American man who was shot while unarmed by a white cop. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's not coming back. Yeah, I'm, 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 I am sad. So, star co-creator Lee Daniels is promising close. Speaking of star, is promising Queen Latifah and um, Brandy <laughs> is promising closure for fans of the canceled Fox drama, despite announcing last week that trying to save the series and their attempts were unsuccessful. So, Daniels said, "We will have something with some closure." In um, in an Instagram video, you ain't seen the last of Star. I promise. We well, will have it's, something that will make you happy. Well, it's tied already. It, they can easily fold in some of the characters because the this, this show was a spinoff of Empire. So they can bring some of those characters back and tr- and basically fold it into the final season and have a wrap up for some of the some of the hanging uh, loose threads that uh, that happened in the finale of Star. They can clear it up and uh, make fans happy and actually maybe get a couple of people that were just fans of Star to actually watch the final season of Empire if they're smart. Absolutely, absolutely. So what else? CBS has pulled the code from their Mondays at 9 perch, but they're going to, uh, they will return on the schedule July 1st, according to TV line. So it's not pulled, pulled, but it's, you know, pulled for Yeah, minute. but when you get pulled, when you get pulled now, and we're going to be back in the dead of summer in July, <laughs> that means, yes, you will you're not pulled. be back. You are canceled. Look, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> they pulled them for now. And HBO has canceled the documentary series Why It's Next Problem Areas after two seasons. Yeah, you know, you should have stayed on um, The Daily Show, Wyatt, but all right. Well, it is what it is. Um, and in speaking, we were talking about the Oprah, the sorry, the Central Park Five before. Oprah Winfrey presents When They See Us Now. And what it is, it's her interview with the exonerated men from the Central Park Five case. And that's going to premiere on Netflix and own on Wednesday, June 12th at 10 p.m. That's really interesting because, you know, she has this whole thing with Apple now. Now, again, they haven't done anything with uh, Apple TV Plus yet, but I'm I'm wondering... Yeah, that's that's just interesting. Being that yeah, she's well, with yeah, Apple. well, how can how she going to be in divided houses? She has she has her own network, and she's going to be doing uh, projects with 
uh, Apple TV Plus, which I'm assuming they're going to have some kind of exclusive exclusivity with her. So it's like you have your own network. Are you going to be still be able to do things on own? Are you going to be still like you know butting up with Netflix from time to time? I don't know. She's a smart woman, so I'm sure she's going to wrangle it so that she has some level of control over where she has her property. So I'm not worried. Showtime has released the first episode of the Kevin Bacon-led cop drama City on a Hill for free via YouTube, Facebook, and SHO.com. Showtime.com, obviously, or show.com, ahead of their official series premiere on Sunday, June 16th. So you can watch it for free if you're interested on YouTube, Facebook, and show.com, SHO.com. And have you heard about the uh, Lisa Vanderpump? Yes, I have heard that apparently she will no longer be a real housewife of Beverly Hills. Well, yeah, it, it, it remains to be seen as to whether or not she need, even needs them. So she's the quote so self-appointed queen of Beverly Hills, and she's going to, <laughs> <laughs> she appointed herself, and she is laying down her crown after nine seasons. Wait, you can do that? Can I wait? Can I be? I I I, I just want to make an announcement. I am the self-proclaimed king of Beverly Hills. Oh well. I'm sure that the real king of Beverly Hills will. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that you could just self-proclaim it, can you? I if guess. You I, she did. Well, there you go. She did. Is that self Bravo, give me a show. Give me a show, Bravo. Exactly. <laughs> so she's been a staple of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills since it premiered in 2010. I didn't even realize it had been nine years already. Time goes so fast with these messy women on all the franchise that you don't even realize it's been so long. So she is officially leaving the franchise. According to Variety, she has been Mia or MIA from the show in recent weeks after having yet another fallout with her fellow housewives. Yeah. And she didn't, yeah, she didn't attend the, uh, the, the reunion, which is a real, everybody seems to come to for the reunions, even if there's issues and she didn't show for the reunion. So I thought that the, that was, if that, if that didn't say that she was gone, that came before the official statement, but that clearly to me said that she wasn't coming back. Yeah, exactly. So it was dubbed puppy gate. And this is the latest drama involving the women uh, suspecting that Vanderpump planted damaging stories in the press about co-star Doric Kemsley, who had two disastrous experiences adopting through the Vanderpump Dog Center. So she went, Vanderpump went as far to say as, as far as to take an unprompted lie detector test to prove that she didn't plant any stories, though it appears that it's too little too late. Well, also, I love the idea that you go and you hire somebody and you tell them what questions to ask you. First of all, lie detectors, uh, polygraphs are already uh, not invisible in court because people, there are people that can easily, you know, uh, defeat them. Mm -hmm. But when you specifically choose your own polygraph examiner, plus give them the list of things to ask you, yeah, I have questions. I have I have doubts and stuff. So uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the show does without her because she has been the, you know, pretty much to me, it's been her and Kyle Richards are the stars of that show. Yeah. So without VP on the show, what's going to happen to us? She's still on the hugely successful, which apparently the, is the, the most successful sh- uh, show on Bravo is Vanderpump Rules. So... It's uh, even more successful than uh, the Housewife franchise. The, like the, the, the most successful Housewives franchise it's is Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. But the most successful show, apparently, period, on Bravo is Vanderpump Rules. 
Hmm. People like uh, young, uh, older young adult angst, don't they? Yeah, suppose yeah, but the idea these that they supposedly I've been told they really do the people that are on the show really do work at the at at the uh, Lisa's uh, businesses, and if you there are people uh, they they say that the food is pretty mediocre, but people actually go just to see the 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 waiters and waitresses that they see hooking up and breaking up on the show in real life, bringing them on of like a thirty dollar salad. Yeah, well, see, <laughs> see that. Well, that's the thing. You don't even have to have a delectable restaurant if you have all these kind of stuff because people will go just so they can see. Yeah, I'm not paying thirty dollars for a salad just I'm to see somebody either. that some re- so-called reality uh, couple that are fighting and breaking up on the. Yeah, no. Oh, you know, I guess I could go there. And like, I'd like we'd like two ice waters, please. Exactly. We're gonna be and then we're like, oh, we're still deciding. We'll look at the menu and pretend like when they come over, we're still thinking about it, and we can like look and see all the. De- oh, there's so and so. There's so and so. There's so. All right, let's go. Let's let's go exactly. over to In and Out and get some burgers for two dollars. Thank you very <laughs> much. But I will take a squeeze of lime or lemon for my water. You know. At least, oh, you know, so. extra lime for me thank exactly, you exactly exactly and you know you can make your own lemonade or limeade <laughs> oh, oh, oh you have a little sugar pack yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Tachi. i never thought of that oh you're 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 an evil genius you and you can make it just perfectly too <laughs> you and if you it doesn't have to be sugar you know they always serve they have brown sugar they've got your artificial sweeteners they've got stevia they've got wow. you know so you can make it the way you like Oh my God, people, Tachi is giving you life hacks. She's giving you uh, life This is a serious <laughs> life hack, people. You, uh, Here's the thing. Spending like 3 to $5 on something to drink, nonsense. And maybe you're in the mood for more than just water. Make your own lemonade or limeade. Wow. You, anyway, you won me over. You won me over. <laughs> uh, waiters and waitresses all across the globe are hating on us right now. <laughs> Or they're taking note and making their own lemonade or limeade. <laughs> Lemon limeade. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> I want both. Oh, both. See, you could do both. Two great tastes yes. and one candy bar. So It's two great tastes that taste great together. Yes. Hallelujah. All right. So finally, we've come to the part where we're going to talk more about the canceled shows, but canceled quickly. Gone too soon. <laughs> well, some of them not too soon. No, yeah, some of them <laughs> they, not too soon, not too soon at all. Well, because the big news is this week they canceled. Uh, uh, Swamp Thing got canceled, and after like one airing or uh, on the on the what's the name of the streaming service? DC streaming mm-hmm, service, mm-hmm. and so it, it it died a very very quick death. So, but who <laughs> asked for Swamp Thing? This is what I don't understand. The same people that are asking for a Punky Brewster reboot. <laughs> They're desperate. <laughs> Touche, pussycat. <laughs> oh, I, I, nobody asked for it. I I remember, okay, I saw the movie Swamp Thing, like, probably, like, when I was little in the 80s. So I saw it then, because you know how they had those free previews of HBO. It was one of those that came on there. So, fine, watched it. Meh, okay, nothing too spectacular. I don't need to see a series called Swamp Thing. Well, apparently nobody else did either because the yeah it got canceled like with a quickness, uh over on um what is it called um whatever the yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> we see it's so insignificant that we can't the, even... I guess the DC streaming service I think I think it was the DC streaming service we'll confirm but I I think you are correct 
in 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 that yeah dc universe mm-hmm. you're right yeah anyway so yeah the universe imploded on swamp thing ha well let's talk about some other shows that were heavily imploded on tv's shortest lived shows now this is kind of fun so Number one, uh, The Beautiful Life on the CW in 2009 was canceled after two episodes. And this was pre when, you know, now they cancel things like uh, mid episode. <laughs> They'll yank it off the air. It's not even past the first commercial. Uh, so this was pre before those days where they at least gave it a little chance. Nope. Two episodes. Bye. Yeah. And that was produced by Ashton Kutcher of all people, but it had been not produced very well, apparently. Yeah, no, Ashton, maybe do something else. Um, okay, now not every revival is a good idea. I did used to watch Coach back in the day, but they did a revival of Coach, NBC. <laughs> Here we go. NBC uh, gave a follow-up to the Craig T. Nelson sitcom as a straight-to-series 13-episode order and then rescinded on that order after seeing a pilot. Yeah, well, again, this is one of those things. It wasn't like Coach was great when it was originally no, on. No. What was... made them think that they could re- reboot it now and it was good? What, what the hell were they thinking? Well, thinking like kind of the creators of Day One, which was on NBC from 20, uh, on 20, in 2010, more like a Day None because it never aired. Yeah, no, that's, that's one thing that's shocking to how many shows that are actually made where the people get hired, you get a job, crew, craft services, they film it, but it's so bad that they're not going to even put it on TV. You think that if nothing else, they would burn these off during the summer? Because for me, I, there was a show uh, that some of you may know if you're if you're a fan of, uh, of Brit Soaps. There was a show that was called Footballers Wives mm. that was uh, back in the early double O's that was everything Mm -hmm. it was so naughty it was so campy and raunchy and just such a delight anyway it was great there was such a big thing that they actually made an american version of it for abc called footballers wife but it was going to instead it was instead of uh soccer or i guess what they call football um it was going to be football players and they made it here uh in america and it actually starred oh my god what is that guy's name he's actually um married to a country singer now there was a whole big controversy with their when when they were they were having an affair while making a, mo- a lifetime movie together is how they met mm. adrian uh, cibrian cibrian okay okay anyway they they but that sh- they actually filmed it but it never aired and i've always wanted somebody to like to leak it so i could see a couple of episodes of it because the original one was everything mm. well somebody didn't want you to see it so <laughs> <laughs> if, if anybody out there has access to it please let me know hit me hit me up on my dms Slide in his DMs. Let's talk about a more recent show, Doubt, which was on CBS on, in 2017. And even though it had a great ensemble, Dulé Hill from Psych, Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Blacks, Elliot Gould from Ray Donovan, and Katherine Heigl from you know, formerly of Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Right. It was canceled after just two weeks of dismal rating. They didn't even give them a damn chance. That's too not, not at all. And the crazy thing is Catherine Heigl just cannot catch a break she since can't. she left Grey's Anatomy. Her movie career crashed and burned and she tried to be a TV star. She's had a couple of TV shows that have cr- quickly crashed and quickly burned. It's just like, Oh, but wow. let me tell you what she's doing now. So, you know, I have a, not to, to, you know, shameless plug, but I have a, um, a store on Poshmark 
Um, and if you don't know about Poshmark, that's where you can buy like clothing and accessories and jewelry, some used, some new. It's like a big marketplace. There are a bunch of Poshmark sellers. Well, she's teamed up with Poshmark and she has like, item. you have a closet. Your little shop is called a closet. So she and her mom have done two Poshmark pop-up closets. So she's making some money off of the clothes she no longer wears, I guess. Oh my God, that that sounds so sad. I'm sorry. I, I actually <laughs> no, but they did they did the same thing with Serena Wilman, Williams, where they did you know like a pop up shop of you know. Her right, old well, stuff. I I hope it's going well for her and she's making a lot of money off of it. But it just sounds really sad. As I mean, she was a huge big deal, and the idea that she has like a little shop on. On whatever you're talking about, I don't know. Well, it's it's a spe- I don't think it's a permanent thing. They do these special pop ups. So they did Serena Williams, and now they did Katherine Heigl. So I think they're doing it with different celebrities. So and we'll what's see. crazy to me is like, who is is Katherine Heigl a style icon? Or are, are, are no, uh, I did not know her for from from Neem for style. So. I... I don't know. Maybe my style is just different. Where I never like, oh, Katherine Heigl can dress. That was never. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. All right, so Emily's Reasons Why Not on ABC in 2006 canceled after one damn episode. <laughs> oh, ouch. Sorry, my dear. Hank on ABC in 2009 was canceled after five episodes. This was a Kelsey Grammer sitcom um, that was supposed to lead off a new night of comedy with ABC. I, re- I actually remember, remember Hank. It was it was the idea that it was, it was kind of like it was trying to be a modern version of Green Anchors where somebody was go- taking his family from the city to some rural place and they're downsizing. And anyway, it did not work. Mm, they downsized the uh, series and said so it was sandwiched, I guess, between it would included the middle modern family and Cougar Town. And um, yeah, it was so unfunny, apparently. Uh, and Grammer said this to Jay Leno that he personally called Warner Brothers and asked that they halt production immediately. At least you know. I don't think they had. To, I don't think he had to ask anybody. He didn't ask them. They were like, <laughs> "This is." They not told funny. him, "This yeah. ish is not funny." Bye. Exactly. Hieroglyph in 2014 never aired. It was an ancient Egypt set action adventure drama. <sighs> okay, just doesn't sound um, appetizing at all. So it just never aired. Wow, I never even heard of hieroglyphs. I didn't. I haven't either. See, all this we waste a lot of money, don't we, in this industry? There, you're talking about a good few million. Okay, and Ironside on NBC in 2013 was canceled after four episodes. It was um, this was a reboot. Um, and it was no, where, no, it was a reimagining because it was it well, was a, re- a reimagining. Yeah, because but the audience getting, doesn't know the difference. Yeah, the, you're not bringing back the, the, the. Okay, just for future reference, people, reboot is you get people from a show from back in the day, like Punky Brewster, and we, like, we're we're doing it again and we're bringing it back. That's a reboot. Uh, we're restarting something that already was started. This is a reimagining because it was a remake. They, it was Ironside with a brand new cast, and it was starring Blair Underwood as a paraplegic uh-huh. cop, uh, a cop, and. And um, solving crimes in a wheelchair. And um, anyway, it crashed and burned very quickly after four episodes. Well, and I, I don't know that I like the the fact. Couldn't they have gotten someone who was a, exactly? I actually a, a think that, paraplegic for real. Exactly because I think that actually would have made news if it had actually gotten a real person who was an actor who happens to be in a wheelchair playing a character who's in a wheelchair um for some reason hollywood can't seem to do that no instead you have to get people to wear paraplegic blackface and do this to me that's sad 
Anyway, love you, Blair Underwood, but come on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the It crowd, or well, I the guess it's IT supposed crowd. to be IT crowd, but It crowd is like a play on It crowd. So the IT crowd was on NBC 2007, and it was a remake of a UK sitcom, a really critically acclaimed oh, one. Oh, my God. I love uh, First of all, I am shocked. Um, to see, they even have one of the original actors from the the British version, uh, uh, in this uh, reimagined version. Uh, that's that's crazy. Anyway, it did not, it didn't even make it to air. This is another one, people. If, when, while you're sliding into my DMs, if you have the American 2007 NBC version of the IT Crowd, that's nothing. NBC is where so many good shows go to die. I would love to see what that pilot looked like. I would absolutely love it. So All please right. get it to me. If you he can. wants it. If you can deliver, please get it to him. Reach yeah. him First, and, have, and having Joe McHale star in it, mistake. Oh, boy. Anyway, so let's go quickly through the rest of these. Okay. Um, canceled after two episodes was Of Kings and Prophets on ABC in 2016. Um, yeah. Then Lone Star, Fox 2010, canceled after two episodes. Kind of like trying to be like a Dallas kind of thing. Yes. Feature James Wolk from Zoo, Adrian Pilecki from Friday Night Lights, and John Voigt from Ray Donovan. And canceled after two episodes was made in Jersey. Who saw that coming on CBS in 2012? Uh, and yeah, it was a tacky New Jersey thing, a subpar legal drama, according to them. Man- oh, this next one. I remember Manchester Prep never aired. I don't know if you remember that controversy. Manchester Prep was, was kind of, uh, uh, a TV show version of the, uh, what was it called? Cruel uh, Dangerous Intentions? Liaisons. Cruel Intentions. Dangerous uh, Liaisons was the, and then they made a high school version called Cruel Intentions. And it was supposed to be super dirty. And there was like the whole thing about this girl having orgasms while riding a horse horse and it was just like tv in 2019 was not ready for for teen girls having orgasms on riding you mean horses. 1999 um what, what did i say 2019 <laughs> okay i'm sorry no, 1999 was not ready 2019 is absolutely ready for teens having orgasms on horses but uh but 1999 we were we were we were just much more innocent back then we weren't ready for it orgasm on a horse god of anyway mission control 2014 from nbc never aired an awful lot of and never aired see nbc is what they just they chose go to die it's exactly so it was um what was it set in the 1960s and it was supposed to be a space comedy hmm if some it's what's what's funny is when you actually read the premises of some of these shows just the premises alone tell the premise alone tells you this it is not a good idea you this is not a good i don't know uh let's keep going next caller from nbc in 2012 never aired they filmed four episodes before nbc stopped production on the dane cook vehicle which also featured you're the worst colette uh you're the worst colette wolf and transparence jeffrey tambor well better for him that it didn't Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Paul, the Paul Reiser show, canceled after two episodes. 
But I think he I actually had some kind of deal where they actually, I think they actually did film the whole season, but I think that they, but it, but it never aired after those first two episodes. And again, the real insult of when they do something like that is what they used to do back in the day is if your show was kind of crappy and it wasn't doing well during normal season, they would put it on quote unquote hiatus and then they'd basically burn it off in like around July in the middle of summer where everybody's having barbecues and at the beach, oh, they'll, they'll air it then. But they didn't air it anywhere. Mm, too bad i like paul reiser public morals from cbs in 1996 was canceled after one episode yeah Yikes. lasted one week terrible also the secret talents of the star <laughs> on cbs in 2008 was canceled after one episode so it was like d-list celebrities participate in a weekly talent show uh okay you remember circus Yes, I did. Circus, circus with the Circus of the Stars? Yeah, but it was just called Circus. But it was like Circus with the Stars. It is Circus with the Stars, but they just called it Circus. So there was stars that would do stupid things like walk on glass and Circus. <laughs> Although I used to like it. But, oh, yeah, I remember Brooke Shields was walking on glass, and my parents were, like, fascinated. <laughs> this is this kind of nonsense. So that's gone. Still Life, Fox in 2003, never aired. It was about a family coping with the loss of their eldest son. Um, yeah, never aired. Seemed like it could have had promise. Canceled after one episode. We already talked about it. Swamp Thing. And it looks ugly. Well, <laughs> not one of those attractive Swamp Things, don't you? That is ugly. Yeah, so the Swamp swamp Thing after one episode on DC Universe. That's another thing. It wasn't even like it was on a regular network. On D- What else are you going to air on DC Universe? You have like two things. So I can't believe they canceled one of their shows when you only have three shows. That's stunning to me. You better have a movie called Swamp Thing Goes to Vegas. Anyway. Yeah, how crappy must it have been for them to cancel it when they only have two shows? <laughs> Terrible. Turn On was canceled after one episode in 1969 on, nine on NBC. Sorry, ABC. It was a sketch comedy series from the producers of Rowan and Martin's Laughing. And so it didn't have any sets and it tended to focus on bad jokes and sex. So And Tim Conway was the guest host for the first and only episode. Ah, oh, poor Tim Conway. I know, I know. Wow. So Turn On was Turn the Hell Off. Us and Them, Fox from um, 2013. Never aired. Yeah, never aired. Bye. Viva Laughlin. Hey. Sorry. Go ahead. What were we gonna say? I was, I was, I was just gonna say that the the show it starred uh uh Lauren Graham and uh Jason Ritter, which I think he's gone. Ever. I love Jason Ritter, but um wow, I never even heard of this show. Yeah, and apparently they never wanted us to hear of it because I never heard of it until now. Now I did hear about Viva Laughlin, which was the Hugh Jackman. Yeah, that man will do anything when he loves what he loves, and the idea that he went from Wolverine to uh, doing this like musical uh, drama. Which I don't know, but that's, that's his background. Musical, no, but, but but my point is, nobody stopped this. There was a show called Cop Rock back in the day. He's stop. <laughs> you can't you can't do a drama and uh, and have like people singing and I uh, have it be a weekly show. You can't stop trying to do this, it, it, it'll never work. Hugh Jackman and Melanie Griffith, and it was hailed by the New York Times as possibly the worst show in the history of television. Wow. It was horrible. I did watch. I tried to watch the first one, and it was really bad. I never saw it. Wicked City in 2015 on ABC was canceled after three episodes. It was a serial killer drama starring Gossip Girls Ed Westwick and Parenthood's Eric 
Erica Christensen. Okay, first of all, I gotta say, I was when this show even came out. I remember thinking, like, wh- how did this even happen? I'm shocked it aired three times because the premise is a, a guy who's a serial killer hooks up with the, with this girl, and they start basically killing women together. And so, what I'm rooting for, I'm watching this every week as they murder uh, different girls every week. I just, I, I what? Mm. Work it. <laughs> was canceled on ABC after uh, two episodes, 2012. It was supposed to be like, it was a bosom buddy-esque sitcom based on the premise that women have an easier time getting jobs. If they thought that was going to work in the year 2012, they are bloody joking. Well, so, yeah, but the idea was that they're, because the, you know how they're uh, pharmaceutical reps that go around and they're normally very attractive women and they go and they sell the different uh, medications to the different doctors and they show me like, oh, we have a new drug for this, something called restless leg syndrome and they convince the doctor to buy like a whole bunch of samples or whatever to get to get people on this okay. new drug. What have you looked at their picture? No, that's my point. That's what. That's why the show should have never even happened. The idea is normally they use these women use their sexuality, their attractiveness to sell this medication. But these guys in drag do not look remotely attractive. They don't look remotely like women. Is that that? It does not like look like unattractive women. They don't look like women at all and so i guess it's supposed to be a suspension of disbelief whenever there's a show where men are supposed to be dressing as women we're supposed to like the the tv audience we know that they're men but the people on in the on the show aren't supposed to realize that there's that they're dudes it's just it was ludicrous fine and i have nothing to say to that (laughs) finally you're in the picture on CBS in 1961 was canceled after one episode and Jackie Gleason was the host and apparently it was a game show that was very poorly received and it premiered on the night of JFK's inauguration and immediately bombed. Wow. To the moon. To the moon. To the moon well, and he, he actually went on the air to use the 30 minutes that he had to talk about um, some product to apologize for the show ever existing. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, I, I heard about that. There's That's very famous in TV history that, that he actually did publicly apologize. Unlike that uh, unlike that prosecutor who refuses to apologize. She, she needs to take a few lessons from Jackie Gleason. Anyway... That's our show, folks. That's a very 1960s way to end. That's our show, (laughs) folks. We so appreciate you. This was so much fun, Kevin. Thank you once again for making my life a little funner. Is that a word? Aww. More okay, fun, I'll, I'll take it. More fun, I think, is the way proper way More to say it. More fun, I, yeah. I, either, either way, I enjoy it so much. I, I thank you for making my life more fun and uh, making this show more much more fun. All right, Tachi. So, if people want to listen to more fun episodes of TV channeling, because there are a lot more, mm-hmm. where can they listen to them? You can listen to all 60 episodes plus this, making 61 episodes on several platforms. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. You could go to WJM. Uh, well, yeah, you can't go to WJMSRadio.com, but go to TVChanneling.com to listen. And then live, you can listen to us every Tuesday and Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on WJMSRadio.com. So you've got several ways to listen to us, and we're really excited about that. Several ways in growing. And if you hear something that you really want to sound off about, like maybe you have something to say about the first story we talked about and you'd like to <laughs> chime in, because I can, or any of the stories that you, we uh, talked about, out today or at all how could they reach us on social kevin to do that 
Okay, we're everywhere on social media. We are on Snapchat. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And on my personal favorite, we are on Twitter. And we are TV channeling everywhere. So like Tachi said, if there's something going on in, on, in pop culture you want to hear our take on, or if there's a show you want us to review, are there some bad girls and boys of summer that we don't know about? Let us know. We would love to hear from you. And please follow us on social and uh, subscribe to our show podcast so the moment there's a new episode pops up you'll be the first to know about it and please leave us a positive review uh, because it helps us out let, th- let the world know how much you love TV channeling and if you don't love TV channeling why the hell are you still listening hey, let it go just let it go don't yeah move on with your life move on <laughs> nothing to see here keep it moving keep it moving and now that you don't have offended- to you don't have to go home you just can't stay here and now that we've offended all five listeners <laughs> we might as well oh, oh you mean the five listeners that don't like this show all oh, the millions of others that love us you, you, you guys can stay as long as you want i love the world you live in kevin that it's it's amazing you mean the world where i am the king of uh the self-proclaimed the, the king, king of beverly of hills yes 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 <laughs> That's the world I want to oh, live that, in. You know what? And that's another thing. Let me uh, hit, hit me up, Bravo, in my DMs because I already have the name for that, that that show, Channeling Kevin. That's the name of my new show on Bravo. See? There we go. Forgot all about me. Anyway, let's <laughs> wind this to hell with her. Let's wind up the show because we know that you have to get back to doing whatever it was you were doing before you started listening to us. Although, you know, you're, it's really easy to multitask. We, our show makes tasks go so much easier and more pleasant. Oh, life moves so much smoother when you're listening to TV channels. It really does. So we're going to sign off the way we always do. Bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it all summer long. Yes, as the king and queen self-proclaimed of Beverly Hills. (laughs) Bye.